Are you listening? Uh. Yeah. Welcome everybody to TV and Jelly number. What did I just say? Number eight. Eight. This, eight. Is eight. this is eight. I looked it up and to no avail. Uh, today we are talking La La Land in a moment. Uh, I'm Craig. Over there is Sarah, Meg. Eli. Hey guys, how you guys doing? Hi. Good month in media for Such you? Such a good month. Yeah, an excellent month in media. Happy holidays. <laughs> I can tell, Meg. <laughs> You're so excited. Meg is, Meg is mad at the world again because it's time for her to be writing about The Bachelor again. Yeah. We can always tell Mama's not happy the, <laughs> because The Bachelor's on, you know? Mom's just stressed Mom's that stressed. she's creating good content. <laughs> Mom is creating it's a good big, content. It's a big responsibility. It is. That's been placed on my shoulders by myself. I got to say, I, I might be... Well, no, Eli... You as well, the two of us are the closest, have come the closest to Meg's style of recapping a show. Mm-hmm. You with uh, I'm like the Survivor. Poor, I'm the poor man's version of Meg. Right. Yeah. In uh, more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, like, it is legit exhausting. It is. Mm-hmm. For an hour show, like when I was doing Shannara, I think I did maybe like 50 or 60 screen caps with all the captions and everything oh that goes along with it. God. For an hour show, you're doing like 90. And it's I'm a two doing two hundred. Two hundred pictures. Shut up. <laughs> I have wow. to say, every time Meg posts something, I like look at the little scroll bar on the side and I'm like, this is too long. There's no way I'm getting through this. <laughs> but then I get through it because it's it's too entertaining to stop. Yeah, stop. Yeah. I don't even watch The Bachelor. I've never no, ever seen one minute of The Bachelor of any season and I read every single one of your recaps and he laugh is religious about the Bachelorette though. <laughs> or that one. I haven't seen that one either. I haven't seen either of them. But Bachelor the recaps, in Paradise, though, that's your bag. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I don't. I don't know the rules. It. it so there, it's funny. Wait, let's let's talk about this. There are no rules. Okay, I figured. But I like read through it, and you're like, and then he gave her a rose, and I'm like, I don't actually know what that means, but I don't care right now <laughs> because this is hilarious. So I'm you're, glad you like it. This week you posted one about one of the women was topless. Yeah. On their date. In I'm front sorry, of what channel was this on? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it, it was blurred out. There's a reason Calm we've down. canceled our television. Because <laughs> I'm not okay who- with you just being like scrolling through the network. <laughs> <laughs> like, which reality show has someone topless in a pool? But all of them. Anyway, one sure. of the women was topless in front of, and they went on a date in front of all of the other yeah. women. <laughs> and she was like topless on the date. The woman is crazy. Yeah, she's crazy. And she's gold. Like she is bachelor gold. She's is, a gift. is she the Chad of this season? Um, if Chad was floozier, yeah. <laughs> she's uh, really she's a blessing in my life and I think for the show in general. And I hope she wins. My job's <laughs> going to be super easy if she sticks around for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, so he, anyway, the Bachelor's back on air, he, and that's my life. He gave her now. a rose, or didn't he did. give her a rose? So Nick is garbage. Oh, okay, yeah. Nick is complete garbage. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I could have s- told you that just by. No, man, I was going to give him a chance. You know, like he's been well, so. Well, you want to be hopeful, sure. But he two episodes in, and I'm already like, oh, you are a disappointment. My so my favorite part of your whole recap, by the way was after the topless date he I guess like had a cameo or something like on the camera he said like I'm really impressed with her and you like wrote like mothers do not let your daughters watch the show <laughs> but really like anyway can we talk about what else I'm watching yes, yes. We, Netflix has 
started showing not showing i'm having a hard time speaking but they have all the bob ross <gasps> oh gosh so we wow. watch one bob ross every night and it's like the what? best way to unwind just watch bob <laughs> for 30 minutes yes paint a winter scene in the woods meditative i learned, I learned yes. something interesting about bob ross What's this week that? Uh, do you know why he's always holding the palette? Communist. <laughs> why is he what? always holding the palette? Because <laughs> he's a communist, I guess. I uh, because he's missing a finger on that hand. Wait, really? <gasps> really? Yeah. Was he self-conscious about it? I have no idea. I, maybe he just didn't want to freak people out yeah, or something. he was in the Air Force. I wonder if it was a... Uh, <gasps> what? Yeah, and he was like a major sergeant. That's a position, right? A major I, sergeant. It sounds like it would be. Yeah. It sounds more Army than Air Force, but sure, something but like that. It was, it was a big role. Wow. So, yeah, we there did some Googling last night. And you missed the finger somehow. I did. But that is a perm. He got his hair permed. Really? Yeah. <laughs> to save on hair costs. He thought that it would really? be cheaper than oh, getting Oh, he's a hippie haircuts. for sure. Like in a committed sort of way. Or yeah. at least I get that vibe. Yeah. Like today's <laughs> hipster, you know, like I'm really going to commit to this mm -hmm. look. So, I, I mean, I've obviously I've seen clips of Bob Ross, but I've never watched a full episode. If you're not painting along with him, it's entertaining to just sit there and yeah. watch. You know, it's really sweet. Yeah. I, I watched it growing up. My parents actually had a little Bob Ross phase when they like got all their art supplies. And so we watched it a lot. And it's really like, he's just, it's Zen. like a Mr. Rogers kind of a vibe where you're like, you know what? You make me feel better about the world and myself. And I learn a little something about painting trees. <laughs> no, guys, but really. You guys are all hippies. <laughs> and it like, it makes you think that if you just tried, you'd be an amazing painter. Because mm -hmm. he makes it look so easy. They're like, I could do that. And I'm sure I would not be the first person to go out and buy a canvas and a whole bunch of oil paints only to find that I'm really awful at it. But he just makes you feel like, like you could do it. If you put your mind, I to wonder. It. He instills all the confidence in the world. You know, you know how you see like pinup girls on airplanes in the Air Force, like from World War II and stuff. Mm. I wonder if he just went and painted landscapes on a bunch of <laughs> <laughs> like he snuck into the hangar. Like that happy little trees on the B-52s. That'd be amazing. Yeah, what have you guys been watching? Uh, Sarah and I watched the first two episodes of Black Mirror Ooh. in the last month. Are you depressed? I, yeah. I, we, I, did you notice I said the first two episodes? <laughs> because we, I, I couldn't make it after that, at least not right away. I think I can keep going now. And from what I understand, that first episode with the Prime Minister is the roughest one. Really? Um, it's pretty bad. By, by quite a ways. Okay. But, uh, but there, still, I, it's not a happy show. There's one episode that has a happy ending and it's almost like i when it finished i was like did they make a mistake like did they accidentally <laughs> give that episode a happy ending you haven't seen the show Meg. no i've heard it's horribly depressing it really good really but depressing, depressing. Yeah, so it I is would, it is really well done though, well written, well directed, well acted. And it's acted. Netflix, right? Isn't it Netflix well, it's a, produced? It's an English show or a British show, I guess you would say. Um, but it's yeah, it was picked up by Netflix, I, yeah. and so that's how they're broadcasting. So like here. season three, Alston switches over, and all the actors are American. Mm -hmm. Oh really? Yeah. Oh interesting. Yeah, that's it's like strange. the original series got canceled, but then Netflix was like, "Well, this is too good to give up." But it's it, they. I I love the way that a show like that runs. You know, it's kind of like Twilight Zone or something, where every episode is a different story with different actors, and so and it's a different feel. Even. But it's but it's they are definitely connected, and so it's like if you like this show keep watching the episodes and you're likely to enjoy what we give you 
Um, but so often, like how many times, Sarah, how many times have you and I watched Friends or whatever other sitcom where you have 10 seasons of the same people over and over and over and over again, and it can get stale. But I, I love that switch over. I think I am not a, a horror fan, but I love that about American Horror Story and how every season is a new story with many of the same actors, but they're doing completely different roles. And I wish that they were doing that with Stranger Things, which we talked about earlier oh, this year. Not. No, they're bringing back the same actors and they're just continuing the story and it's not going to be as good. No. It's inevitably going to be poorer than season one, which I think they could have avoided if they... Uh, shut up, Eli. It was it awesome. Got boring by the end of season one anyway. I actually, I have an example of when the opposite is true. Did you watch True Detective? Oh, uh, no. I oh, mean, and season two is not as, not so good. I watched the first episode of season two and I couldn't handle any more. But season one was probably the best thing I've ever seen. on e- The worst, the most depressing most disturbing thing I've ever seen on TV, but also... Okay, you're going to love Black Mirror. I don't... uh, Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if I can go through that again. That was a dark time. Anyway, but yeah, season two just didn't hold up because they had a completely new cast, completely new story, and it just didn't live up to the first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, yeah, I liked it. I, I would probably... I would recommend it with a big, fat, freaking caveat that you're never allowed to tell anybody that I recommended Black Mirror to you, if that makes sense. So, uh, what about you, Eli? Uh, I started watching The OA. Oh, yeah. That's one I'm getting a what lot of that? mixed reviews on. So, it's it's very strange. Oh, wait. Does it look like a symbol? Yeah. Like, it looks... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, the, the very basic premise of the show is this young woman is found and um, she seems to not understand or remember where she came from but these her parents like see her on the news and go into the hospital and like claim her and say we haven't seen her in 10 years and last time we saw her she was blind like it was a girl who grew up blind but now she can see and then she sort of gets taken back home to these parents again and she kind of unfolds her own story of what's happened to her since she was born Mm -hmm. and it's um, it's like a, I don't know if you would call it a sci-fi or fantasy. I don't tend to like either, either of those genres. It's one of the two and I don't understand what the difference is or where you kind of cross over from one to the other. But, um, I've been very entertained by it so far. I'm like on episode three or four and there's this very kind of interesting story about what happened to her and how her life ended up where it got. So jury's still a little bit out for me, but I've been very entertained so far. And it does have a little bit of a stranger things kind of feel to it. Um, although like, I, like a mystery suspenseful kind of thing. It's filmed similarly. The storytelling feels similar and it's similar in that it's sort of like this weird sci-fi fantasy. Would you call stranger things sci-fi or fantasy? Sci-fi. Okay. And what's the difference? Can you tell me? What the uh, difference you is? know, I guess it really does straddle the line and, and this is actually a pet peeve of mine, so I'm not going to go on for too long on this, but I feel like sci-fi is just a subgenre of fantasy. Um, and so you can interchange the two of them very often but uh fantasy with with a technology yeah yeah but this has more to do with technology so the government is experimenting with these technologies and then they rip open this rift into another dimension and so then you get some like fantasy and horror elements but it's based on a on a sci-fi principle okay so based on what you just said but the oa would be fantasy but not sci-fi 
Okay. Okay. So far for where I am in the show. Yeah. yeah. And a lot, I, a lot of people, and this is fine. I'm not saying that this bothers me, but a lot of people just draw the line at, are there lasers or are there swords? <laughs> if there's swords, it's fantasy. And if it's lasers, it's, you know, huh. it's sci-fi. So anyway, I, like I said, I could go on for a while about that, but I won't. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I would recommend it so far. I think you would like it. And it's okay. not a depressing show. So that's, that's nice. That's good. That's what I need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, on uh, the other end of the depressing show spectrum, I've been watching Girls uh, because the final season's about to premiere uh, in February. And I've been pretty dedicated to the show ever since it premiered. And that, that doesn't happen for me a lot, especially not anymore. Like I grew up, you know, super dedicated to certain series, but now it's pretty rare. So I've just been going back through and watching uh, some of the earlier seasons. And I used to think that these characters were just flawed, but, like, they're truly awful. They're truly so awful. I got through the episode where she goes to a nightclub on cocaine. Mm. And I was like, ah, done. I can't (laughs) put up with your shenanigans anymore. (laughs) There are some serious shenanigans. I have to say, I hate that show. (laughs) I, I hate, I hate it. No, because for listeners, the, this is coming from my husband. So he's been here <laughs> through my like rewatch of yeah. all these seasons that I've watched previously. I, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever sat through an entire episode, but I've seen tons over your shoulder mm-hmm. for you know minutes at a time or whatever. Um, it, it's it's not for the writing, which is good. It's not for the acting, which is usually okay, passable to good. Right. I, um, I just I hate the characters i hate them all i i every single one of them and every single thing they do they're awful people and there's and and, and like there are shows with awful people like i I really like breaking bad that's a show full of awful awful people but something about it is more redeemable and and this one i think this one is more it's trying to be more real it's trying to reflect somebody's version of real life and that somebody is lena dunham and and her version of real life is just awful the thing is i saw a lot of myself in the character of hannah and Mm -hmm. it really freaked me out like Mm -hmm. it was way too close to home really the episode where she has to get her ebook written and she ends up just eating cool whip on the couch like that's my life i couldn't (laughs) i was way too like mm -hmm. stressed out watching that it was doing terrible things to yeah me. i've been there too and it was hard to watch for that reason yeah. a lot of, like the cocaine uh, episode you referred to that wasn't like hard for me to watch because like i have never been even close to that sort of experience and i was just like this is odd this is as this may as well be walter white cooking meth to me uh-huh. like that yeah. was never gonna happen and so it's just i can watch it at a remove but yeah some of those things i'm like oh that's a bad relationship decision and oh have some self-respect girlfriend and like it's just not it it's a little uh eerie uncomfortable yeah sarah is writing about girls currently. that's true yeah uh-huh. so that's true we're bringing her. even more of this show into <laughs> our home more of these <laughs> terrible people well because i what craig talked about where it's like these are awful people and like i don't like any of them at all i wouldn't go like quite there i do think they're awful but like still in some moments like kind of likable for me but like I'm still not really sure why I like this show so much and so I've been trying to figure that out like try to drill down to it's what compelling. what make yeah what makes something compelling you know some people say like I remember people talking to me about Mad Men and being like there's nobody to cheer for I'm like 
Peggy. But I don't really need to. Like, I don't know why. I Right. You, you cheer for Peggy. I think I just had a realization. Finish your thought. I just... Need- I'm just trying... I guess in the whole writing process and rewatching before the final season, I would love it if I had a better idea myself of why I care about these characters so much and why I feel such an affection for this show, even though I could, like, make a pros and cons list that would be essentially equal as to, like, why it is and is not a good show. Like, there... It's. I wouldn't recommend it to like hardly anybody, but I still really love it. So, I get that. Yeah. Uh, so, with the characters being so horrible, I think I just realized why that rubs me the wrong way because I, I juxtaposed it with Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. In Breaking Bad, yeah, they're all terrible, and the show never tries to tell you that it's okay. This is what I was just gonna ask. They, you. There's there's a steady decline of all these characters into uh, depravity and madness. And and the show is never trying to tell you, but they're going to be okay. Everything's fine. Well, you should mm-hmm. like these characters anyway. Right. Yeah. Whereas yeah. something like Girls, it's like, oh, yeah, Hannah makes terrible decisions for herself and everybody around her. And so do all the other characters. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, she's really lovable and charming. Aren't we all just like her? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the answer is no. <laughs> but I think I, I think that that's true on the surface. And then at another level, there's there's also this dimension where it's like, no, like they're, they're not trying to present her as this like just lovable goofball who's just like flawed and complicated, but ultimately like a really winning personality. <laughs> like, I think that there's more... Um, there's more of a recognition of the awfulness than than you would think at a first pass. Or maybe I just think that because I've watched the whole series like seven times. And you know what the other problem is? Like TV is full of beautiful people. I mean, we all watched Bachelor and Bachelorette. That apparently. is a problem. But Allison Williams is so attractive, it, I can't even pay attention to what anybody's saying when she's on the screen. It has taken me until this rewatch to really dislike Marnie, which is her character, as much as I'm supposed to because she's so beautiful. It's very easy for me to be like, but that's oh, okay. Al- <laughs> oh, Allison Williams, you just, you go on with yourself. I don't know. And now I'm just like, no, you're being really, really mean. Anyway. I don't even know who this is. Okay. Brian Williams' daughter. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I he just found her on his phone. <laughs> no, I listened to the Alec Baldwin podcast. And he interviewed Brian Williams, and they talked about his daughter. So does that's he watch who, the show? Because that would be weird. The, she does he, some weird stuff. He said that they, he and his wife, like tend not to because mm-hmm. it's, cre- yeah, it's like weird for them or uncomfortable. For she them. very clearly, though, as an actress, does have a a boundary as far as nudity goes. Like the other characters, the other lead actresses don't. But like, we have yet to see Allison Williams' boobs on this show, and I doubt we ever will. Like, I think she's just very much like mm. line in the sand on that. So for, sorry, listeners. Oh, she and me. I good have that her. in common. <laughs> <laughs> you guys would get along. So it's been very nearly twenty minutes. Oh my goodness. Do you suppose we should talk about La La Land? I suppose we should. Um, what to say? What What to say? Indeed. I okay. Let's start with this. We're recording this on the eleventh of January. Uh, what two days after it cleaned out the Golden Globes? Won seven Golden Globes, it did including well. all of them. 
<laughs> and <laughs> fun fact to the Golden Globes there are only seven of them every year <laughs> La La Land got them all so we're, we have a writer a new writer today who just wrote her first post I was just gonna bring that up her name's Karen yes she hated La La Land and I'm super confused I, I'm Is not she sure fired? I'm not she's sure not that fired. she did she's on probation <laughs> she's not getting any money wait none of you are <laughs> I, I read her post and it sounded to me like she didn't hate it it's just that she didn't like it as much as everybody else did okay. and got annoyed by how much everybody else loved it. Here's the thing about the Golden Globes. They have a category for musical and comedy, and then they have a category for best drama, mm-hmm. right? It was right. clearly the best musical of the year, probably like the only musical anyone yeah. saw of the year. Except Moana. Except, which well, is animated. Well, that's an animated Right, feature. I know, I'm just saying. I don't think it's going to win best picture. At like the Oscars? Oscars. I think Moonlight will win best picture i don't think it's going to get the same kind of accolades at the academy awards that i got at the golden sure. globes because there was this game. different category so i don't think everyone's like oh my gosh this is the best movie ever i think it was like this was a creative fun different movie that deserves some credit for being what it was mm-hmm. and that's what i have to say about that i'll give it that i thought it was great uh, tell me what you think Go I ahead. thought it started, and I was like, uh-oh. Like, the stand oh, on the car should we Should we go ahead and just, spoiler alert, like, the, it's it's a pretty standard story, but yeah. if you do care to watch to the end and not know what happens, then go ahead and shut this off. Yeah, go back now. and listen to the first 20 minutes again. <laughs> again. <laughs> It'll be, like, the full Get podcast. the spoilers for Bob Ross and <laughs> yeah. just deal with it. Spoiler alert, there's a mountain and some trees. Before we go much further, can I give my typical rant? Would you please? I've been uh, waiting all night. This is a this is a rant I've done before on this podcast. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I'm excited. The profession of actor is overly uh, romanticized. No, 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 no. It's overly yes. shown. It's overly represented mm. uh, in yes. films. Oh gosh, yes. Yeah. If you only if you like were an alien and you only watched Hollywood films, you would think seventy five percent of the people who live on Earth are actors and <laughs> or writers and successful or writers ones. involved in the show Artists, business involved yeah, in show yeah. business somehow. Yeah, and, and they so, all make it. And so <laughs> yeah. every single time I watch a movie about actors and writers and people in show business, it feels self-congratulatory and it drives me crazy. Like I, I walk into the film already annoyed with the fact that like here are a bunch of actors and writers making a movie about how glamorous or wonderful or important or whatever acting and writing and you know whatever else in show business. Oh, is. we're about to bring up Meryl Streep. I'm excited. <laughs> no, let let's let not, that let no. that lie. I, and I only have positive things to say about that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and so it just, it, when there's a film about that thing, it's like I'm going to make a film about my own career and how important it is. It mm-hmm. already drives me crazy. That said, walking into it, being annoyed, I was pretty entertained through the entire movie. Um, I would recommend this to probably everyone except for my dad, who every time he sees a musical is like, Eh, it was a little cheesy. Like, that's his <laughs> comment about every musical that has ever existed. But besides my dad, I would think I would recommend this to everybody because the music is good. The acting was good. The story was fine. And it was, like, fun to watch. I actually loved the story. I loved the ending. I saw it with <coughs> some friends who were devastated by the ending. It ripped their heart out. They couldn't believe it. And I loved the ending because it felt... So realistic. Uh, <clears throat> okay. No one ever ends up with 
who they want. No, certainly you not Ryan have, Gosling. Okay, here's what. Spoiler alert. <laughs> the whole time, it's a story about Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling falling in love. It's their story. She's a struggling actress. He's a jazz guy. They both have their dreams. <laughs> He's a jazzist. <laughs> He's jazzy. Um, and you think they're going to end up together. At the end, they're not together. She's married to another man. He's bought his own jazz club. They have this brief not interaction. He's not her husband. It's Ryan Gosling. Anyway, <laughs> they're not together. And you're like, oh, man, but we just watched them fall in love. But then it's like, isn't that kind of life? Like, don't you have chapters in your life and you learn from those chapters and they form you into who you are and then you move on to the next chapter and you love someone else and you marry someone else and that becomes... Who's not as hot. Who's not as hot but was in that thing you do, which is a really excellent movie. Yeah, Yeah, he was the lead in that thing you do. I didn't even recognize him. I know, right? Facial blindness. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I really, really... the, The ending surprised me in a way I really enjoyed. I was I was taken by surprise by the ending uh, because I was really confused about what was going on because the whole movie, you want to talk about fa- what is fantasy, this is a fantasy movie. There's nothing real about it. Sorry, Meg. Uh, there's nothing, so mad. There's nothing real about it. And so when you get to that end and he starts playing the piano and you're transported back to the beginning of the relationship... First of all, I was really upset because it felt like a really long movie, and I was like, please, Lord, don't make me do this again. But... Um, <laughs> he said a prayer there in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, oh, I've, and now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, they go through... He goes through the whole uh, alternate scenario. What if I had been more charitable and kind Supportive. toward her? Uh, and everything turns out really well for both of them. And I was like, oh, maybe that's how they're going to end the movie. And then it transports back to the present and how things really ended up. And uh, I thought that was really creative. Enjoyed that a lot. Uh, it was a good good moment for me. I had two big observations also. Um, one is a technical one. Did you notice that it, there was some really sloppy editing in it? It was very strange. Like there were multiple scenes where the sound wasn't matching what was happening on the Thank screen you. very well. It was really weird. Yeah, it was. There yeah. was a, there was an entire like eight seconds, and I don't normally notice this kind of thing. So this is how bad it was: is that I noticed this, and the people I was with kind of noticed it too. There was like an entire eight seconds where the two of them are walking, and they're clearly not talking, but the sound like the sound of their voices is going. Could that have been the Broadway's fault? The theater? It um, wasn't at Broadway, but oh. no, because, and the thing was, that would make sense if like the whole thing was off, but it would be like within a scene for like eight seconds, it would be off and then it would kind of catch up again. It's it was weird. just like some weird editing. You can see editing. similar things like that happen on TV shows sometimes yeah. where it's like they just can't quite find the right shot that they need. So I wonder if that was what was happening, but they just didn't hide it well. But that's what's weird to me is that a movie with like this big of a budget yeah. and this much hype would be bad at that. Like yeah. I don't get surprised when I go to a broad, like to the Broadway theater and see some kind of low budget film and you kind of see a few seconds of that it's like ah it's what you know what it is but like i was it it caught me off guard because i was like i'm a lot of this film is very high quality and then all of a sudden there would be like these moments of kind of sloppy editing Mm -hmm. and that was really strange to me and then the other thing that was really strange to me was the music was like there would be huge gaps in the movie where I swear it was like 25 or 30 minutes where there'd be no music. And then all of a sudden they'd start singing again. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is a musical. Yeah. And like it would like kind of catch me off guard. <laughs> and that was really weird. And I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing, but it was it was 
I've never seen a movie like that before yeah. that's a musical where you have that big of a break between mm-hmm. musical numbers. I, I was fine with almost all the music in the movie. I I know what you're talking about. That wasn't a big issue for me while I watch it, but as you say that, I'm like, yeah, that was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the exception of the, f- the opening number uh, where everybody's dancing on their cars on the freeway, I hated that. Really? I knew I was going into a musical, but what I didn't understand was that this was modern musical theater, Broadway-style musical theater filmed. I didn't I didn't get that, and so I wasn't prepared for the overture. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't... It, it's, and so when they started singing... And it wasn't a very good song. No, I didn't like that first no. song. Um, you have to it, admit I the just, choreography was amazing. The choreography though. was amazing, yeah, I mean, but that it was first like... Song. It was too... I don't know. Dumb? To quote Eli's father, cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like too you, much. You're going to need, you, you had to put a little more chain, chain smoking <laughs> in your voice. A lot of <laughs> straight vodka. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, oh, overall, I like the music. I did like the song that got nominated and, and won the Golden Globe. What was it called? City of Stars. City of Stars. Yeah, I like that song a lot. I, I did not like um, most of the way Ryan Gosling performed it when he kind of mumbled his way through the song um, most of the times that it was sung. But it's a great song. I actually appreciated the lack of talent, vocal talent, (laughs) from from Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. I thought they were both amazing actors um, and kind of owned the not musician thing. Yeah, I mean, they can carry a tune, but they weren't like... They're fine. She's she's definitely better than he is. Mm, She was still soft, though. She was timid about her singing. But I've seen a lot of movies with great singers that are terrible actors. And yeah, if you got to go one way. So um, how much of the piano playing did he actually do? Either because he's he amazing. Did, he did. did he? Serious? According to the YouTube featurette that I found today, which I think was legit. <laughs> because there were moments you, like, where I was like this, this is an, uh, this is an incredible piano player that cannot be him. They they the the director really wanted to use just like he he depended so much on long shots for the film that he was like we can't really cut it together and have somebody else play and make it look like you so you've got to learn how and so Ryan Gosling you know just like with the dancing and everything else that he had to learn he there's, had to learn how to play the piano there's no there is no way that he was hired onto this film and from zero learned to play the piano I have that no well. idea what his background He must was. have known how to play before. And then they said, here are the songs we need you to do. And then he practiced for months and months and figured well, sure. those out. He probably out. had like a basic knowledge of piano. Oh, he had more it's, than that. But it was incredible. You know like, what? This he wasn't... grew up Mormon, so I bet yeah. you he did learn <laughs> how to play <laughs> the piano. Children's songbook. <laughs> yeah. That's probably true, actually. Um, him and Amy Adams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I liked him a lot. I And I, do you guys like jazz music? I do now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. Sure. Suddenly, I'm just going out s- buying jazz albums. I can say I like it, but then if you were like, oh, like, who do you like? <laughs> I would have no follow-up yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, can we take a quick tangent? <laughs> have you heard of John Benjamin? No. He's a comedian, and he does a lot of voice work. He recently recorded an album called Jazz Daredevil, and he hired... Wait, I think I've heard of this. Studio musicians, studio jazz, jazzies, as I'm calling them. <laughs> Jazzists. <laughs> To accompany him on the piano, but he can't play the piano. <laughs> so the album is him like banging on the piano while very talented jazz musicians are playing in the background, and it's one of the funniest things I've ever. Heard. <laughs> and the only jazz album that I like. Intentionally funny. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. It's called, I should have learned to play the piano, but I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) Anyway, what were we talking about? Uh, Well, I was just going to (laughs) say, I I do like jazz music. I'm no connoisseur or anything, but I do enjoy it quite a bit and used to play it. And so those were my favorite musical moments was when they just held on the jazz bands for a little while and watched them play. Uh, those were the best. Have you seen me. Whiplash? Uh, yes. No. Which was his that other was movie. Yeah, movie. I didn't see it. It is very good. This That one felt... And this one too, and this is why I didn't go see it until uh, Meg forced me through the internet to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really hesitate to go see Oscar bait. Um, I just have a hard time with it. Like, I don't know I, what that e- just Ugh. make make a movie, make a good movie, <laughs> not uh, don't make a movie for the people who are voting for awards. Make a movie for all of us. This is why I can't stand to watch any movie that has Eddie Redden, whatever. Redman. I cannot stand any <laughs> film with him because I think like yeah, he Jupiter wakes Ascending, up in the morning. Total Oscar bait. He wakes up in the morning and he's like, how can I make my first breath an Oscar award winning <laughs> moment? Like, I cannot stand that man. <laughs> cannot stand him. And like, I recognize like he does these films and he does a great job in them and whatever and yada, yada, yada. But every single thing he does in any of these films films i'm like in this exact second he's trying to win an oscar and i want to punch him in the face (laughs) (laughs) but the thing that's frustrating to me and this is getting you know to a bigger conversation than la la land this whole oscar bait thing you know craig you just said just make a good movie for people not for the oscar voters what like when you make a good movie some if some director writer sets out to make a good movie then if they succeed then aren't the people who applaud good movies going to be like, that was really good. We're going to nominate you for things. Like, how can you tell no. the different... Oh, that was loud. <laughs> <laughs> how can you, how can you tell, you know, what the difference is <gasps> definitively instead of being like, you know what? They made a really good movie and it was creative and it was honest and it was well executed on every level. Ugh, they were just trying to get awards. It's like they were trying to excel at their craft. Should they not try to excel at their craft? I'm just, I'm mystified by that whole argument that I hear a lot. And I hear it a lot in this house. I was going to say, I don't hear it that much. It might be a Hank's household specific problem. <laughs> this might problem. be something to talk about uh, when the microphones are <laughs> off. In no, just, that's, just, that's just my thing with the Oscar bait thing. It's uh, like, that's fine. And I, I'm not saying that I have all of the uh, best arguments for it. Uh, it just feels t- tacky. <laughs> You thought Whiplash was Oscar. I never he saw hasn't it. seen it. That doesn't feel like Oscar bait no. on anyone's. Oh, Whiplash? Yeah. That's what we brought up when you okay. started complaining about Oscar bait. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I will say, though, back to your jazz oh. thing. The best, my favorite scene of La La Land was when he's explaining to, uh, what's her name? How, what jazz is they're like watching that jazz emma stone band. the yeah, most stone. beautiful creature in hollywood and it is it is an it is a really good scene and i appreciate it as somebody who doesn't really know much about jazz but mm-hmm. like thinks it's neat anyway and he's like showing her this band and he's like now this guy's taking over and now he's competing with this guy and he like kind of explains what's happening with the jazz band i thought that was like a very well-timed scene mm-hmm. and it was really fun to kind of watch it and then for the rest of the movie i actually appreciated the rest of the jazz that happened for the rest of the movie because of that one oh, that's scene cool. yeah yeah that yeah. makes sense i i will say that uh, as somebody who enjoys jazz quite a bit and i loved that scene um there was the bit when he joined up with the big jazz rock band 
and John Legend. Uh, John, it was that who that was. John yeah. Legend. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not good with contemporary pop culture, you guys. <laughs> I'm just gonna pause for a second. Neither is Mag. Please don't. Please don't pause. <laughs> Those People are need to hear this. The only words I know. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. Um, when he was giving his little speech about you can't. This is how the genre is evolving and and surviving, and you can't um, be a pure traditionalist and expect to single-handedly stop uh, the tides of time. You know, uh, things are going to change. And in the movie, it's kind of presented as what an ass. He's just, you know, he's just crapping all over Ryan Gosling's dreams. How dare he? What a, what a jerk. What a sellout. And I'm sitting there going, yeah. I didn't get, I didn't think, oh, what a jerk. I thought, oh, this is real. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't think that John Legend was the bad guy. I thought that never Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> He's married to Chrissy Teigen. How could he be the bad guy? She's hilarious. She's a Ma- Chrissy Teigen. I don't know. She's things. a supermodel, yeah. but she's also like a Twitter, Twitter queen. Genius. Maven. I How think. do you become a Twitter genius? Probably by being a supermodel first, and then picking fights with Donald Trump. So I'm halfway <laughs> there. You are. <laughs> I'd say three quarters. Stop. Hey, put your put your shirt back on. Anyway. <laughs> okay, it's getting hot in here. Um, what was I saying? Uh, oh, he wasn't the bad oh, yeah. guy. It was like, again, it was just like life. Like, you got to pay the bills. This is the way to make money doing jazz. As someone who but, writes technical copy for a living, oh, I dude. feel that. Like, it's, yeah. you have your passion, but you also have bills. Like, mm. you do what well, it takes and, and to that make was, money. And this is why i think i feel similarly to the way what's aren't karen is that the new writer mm-hmm. um yes. to the way she feels where it's like yeah i loved it i oh uh, i liked it a lot i had a great time there's so many things i love but uh but i don't have the same passion for the movie that a lot of people do and i think it's partly because of that underlying philosophy where it's celebrating something um that that just doesn't work for the vast majority of people who are really passionate about something most of the time you can't take your your lifelong passion and turn it into uh, something that's going to make you a multi-millionaire super successful club owner or uh, famous actress that's not, not going to compromise. happen yeah it's not gonna happen and so um so it felt very real to me when he was like, yeah, all right, I'll go on tour and I'll make albums with this band to pay the bills. Like that felt more real. And then he suddenly, he quit. And then he opened up a really traditional jazz club uh, in some section or another of of LA. And it was really successful. And mm-hmm. he's doing very well for himself. That part was where it departed from reality for we me. Don't, we don't know that it was really successful. We see it opening night. Uh, did it, I don't think it said it was, was opening, opening night. night? No, yeah, it had been going he, for a while. He's like, yeah, tonight's the thing, and nah, he's signing all so. the paperwork, and they're like, this is going to be great. He's like, I hope so. Whatever. Remember, I don't Craig? know. That, I don't it know. Was, I have very <laughs> anyway. Sarah knows. <laughs> but certainly that that's... Sounds, <laughs> that sounds like it, it is what happened that's, when I listened to Meg. That's yeah. certainly the implication, though, that, that this is... But he had also put in his time with this. But I okay, fine, love. fine. Leave Let's him. Let's fight. Leave him <laughs> behind then, and talk about Emma Stone's character. The same, same yeah. general thing, where she finally says, "You know what? This isn't working out. I need to not uh, worry so much about my passions and actually pay my freaking bills." That's real life. And then suddenly, 
magically she does make it and everything is wonderful and she's super rich and has a great looking husband who made a, a wonderful song in the 60s one of the own eaters exactly not <laughs> as great looking as the man she had earlier in the film <laughs> a little less complicated though <laughs> no, maybe we don't know anything about it actually <laughs> but this is it's, it's going kind of going back to what eli was saying earlier where this is the the fatal conceit of hollywood which is you know if you just if you just are passionate enough and you just believe enough uh and you're oh by the way and you're good looking enough and you know the right people and uh are willing to do whatever it takes um, i do i do want to see a movie about a a young starlet who moves to new york chasing her dreams and ends up waiting tables till she dies like i think that would make a really <laughs> interesting very realistic Do you think story. they would make that movie where the protagonist is not a crazy person? I don't know. She's just normal? Maybe. Oh, so not like, not like super neurotic or something? Like, I feel like if they made that movie, the protagonist would be kind of this insane person. Driven yeah. driven insane by yeah. her unfulfilled dreams. <laughs> like sure. uh, Which like is in also Black fine. Swan. Yes. Oh my goodness! That, well, was, that yeah. was a cool movie. That was a cool movie. I driven insane by her, full, b- excuse me, driven insane by her fulfilled dreams, though. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> can I ask a question? Uh, yes. La La Land related. Um, did it was it like a clear connection to Casablanca at the end? Because that's what I like mm-hmm. when I was reading the synopsis. It's just like, and then she's married to somebody else, but then she goes to his jazz club. I did not even oh. think about Casablanca. I, yeah, I think. Probably, Maybe but I think like the four of us it, no. are a bit young to really I mean, to I've have been speak for well, sure. But we didn't like <laughs> soak as an old in soul. the marinade that is <laughs> yeah, old Casablanca and, and all that old stuff, like old Hollywood. Yeah, we might have right, seen well, it. I guess because it was so inspired by old Hollywood, I just wondered if that was like an explicitly drawn out connection or or not. I was just curious. I, did, I didn't I think know. so. Yeah, okay. You know, I should also say, though, despite all the complaints that I just made about um, what is and isn't real and all that, one of the things that I actually really do like is that, speaking of being such an homage to old Hollywood, if you go back and watch a lot of the old standards, um, Singing in the Rain is a great example of this, uh, or even maybe like Mary Poppins or something. These old movies are stage plays that are simply filmed. Uh, right. You know, that that's how they're written and that's how they're acted and that's how they're staged. Um, and this was the exact same way. It's just based on a modern type of a stage play versus the old one. Uh, and, and I really liked that kind of nod, that overarching nod back to old Hollywood where this this isn't we're not trying to depict real life. And as much as I hated the opening number, it was effective in letting you know, this is not real. Yeah. This is not reality. Um, so yeah, I, I liked that quite a bit. And I, like I said, I'm not old enough, certainly to have marinated in old Hollywood enough to really appreciate that. But I, I enjoyed it. I wonder if your mom would love it because she's all, she likes all those old musicals. Does she? <laughs> have you met your mother? <laughs> Let's anyway. not go there. Oh this will be God. another thing to discuss I later. I feel like you need, two need to have a long time. <laughs> yeah. We will. And we probably need to wrap up. But um, I have something to plug okay. before we wrap up. On February 23rd, Eli and I will be telling stories. Oh, I'm so excited. At Impact Hub starting at 8 o'clock p.m. Tickets at strange, it just get stranger.com, huh. Strangerville Live ticket tab. 
Yeah, it's our first show, and we're really excited. Um, we announced it Monday, and we've had a really good response, and so we are, it looks like, going to have to get a bigger space in the venue that oh, we had booked, which is oh, awesome. Cool. And yeah, and w- so Meg and I will be telling uh, live stories, and Jolyn Metro, who produces the Strangerville podcast with me, and we also have Whitney Call from Studio C coming to tell a story. Is it stories um, on a certain theme? No, we were all <laughs> 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 we, we were like all trying to like serve our own stories. Like, why don't we do this theme? Yeah, and yeah. then you can adjust your story. And so we were like, <laughs> maybe we just won't do it. That's yeah. great. So That's anyway, so we hope to see all our millions of listeners. There. Um, yeah. I I will happily. Buy the $65 ticket. How much is it? <laughs> it's $5. Oh, okay. Uh, but you should give one to Sarah for free because that's her birthday. <gasps> You're kidding. It's my 30th birthday. We're doing oh a my birthday God. show oh, for you. We'll sing. On the, maybe redo your stories on the theme of my 30th Sarah's birthday. Sarah. <laughs> Sarah's my 30th. My theme is Sarah. <laughs> Sarah's 30th. <laughs> well, we might show up as my, as my birthday outing. If you don't, we understand. Because we also might. She, I don't she know. We just already asked if we could do that. So don't <laughs> worry. Oh, that'll be fun. I hope you guys can come, and we hope everybody else who's listening, all seven of you who are listening, <laughs> yeah. well. give the info again. <laughs> Eli, give the info again. Uh, February twenty third, eight o'clock at Impact Hub in Salt Lake City, and you can get tickets at itjustgetstranger.com. Uh, or just email us through the TV and Jelly website, and Meg can. Yeah, there's you. also <laughs> a link in the latest Bachelor recap as well. So very nice. But if you go to that link, you won't see the video we made, which <laughs> we'll be talking about it next year it when was it's amazing. nominated, when it wins Golden Globes. <laughs> it's the worst acting that I for sure have ever produced, and also the most disgusting images of myself that have ever yeah, been. Yeah, I've seen parts of Eli I didn't put, put, see. Put your shirt back on, Eli. <laughs> yeah, All right, well, that is pretty yes. bad. Okay. Best, best costume design, though. Should, should we <laughs> do it for, I don't know, maybe just for those of us who have seen it, or maybe Sarah, too, should we do some final thoughts on La La Land? Do you recommend it? Um, last thing on why why or why not you you like it? It's the rare movie I'd recommend to anyone. Really? Too. Anybody? Yeah. Anybody. Except for my dad. Except right. for, I'd recommend it to anyone but Eli's dad. Yeah. <laughs> Drinks too much vodka. Anyway. <laughs> no, it sounded, it sounds from, from your descriptions like it, it was dazzling and there are very few movies out there that are dazzling. Dazzling so is the perfect just, word. Let's just support dazzlement in the arts. Let's. <laughs> Um, I have lots and lots more thoughts on it, but you know, maybe I'll just write something. Why don't you? Maybe yeah, I do will. it. Uh, I, and I would say I would recommend it to most people. Um, maybe not everybody, but most people. I just adore Emma Stone. I think I've made abundantly clear. I think it's actually clear between both me and Sarah that if she asked either of us to run away, it it would happen. That's how like, Stephen and I are with John Hamm. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. She's both of our. He's yeah. a good person. He's a good one. Well, anyway, I uh, hope everybody enjoyed La La Land. And I also hope you enjoyed our discussion of La La Land. I would appreciate it greatly if you have made it this far into the podcast, 46 minutes and 19 seconds into the podcast. That means you're enjoying what we're doing. And if that's the case, please, please share the show. Uh, we'll have a link at TV Jelly, t- yeah, tvjelly.com. You'll find it on Facebook and Twitter and all the places like that. But when you uh, go check it out there, 
share that link out. Share it with your friends. Let them know you're listening. Uh, this is just one more way that we want to interact with people who read TV and Jelly um, and all of their friends and acquaintances and people they don't know because this has got to get huge. So <laughs> so big. Uh, so we yes. got to pay the bills too by fulfilling our dreams we should join of a, podcasting. A big jazz band. Oh, Let's just forget the podcast and join a big jazz band. Absolutely. That's <laughs> a pivot. Um, <laughs> Plot twist. But for those of you who uh, are listening already, thank you very, very much. We do appreciate you listening. Uh, please share the show. And we will see you next month when we discuss something. I don't think we've decided yet. It'll uh, be good. But it'll be good. It'll be so good. We'll have all the best podcasts. I think is how that goes because he'll be president at that point oh okay see you later bye bye, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>